Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Well, it is almost Valentine's Day. That must mean it's time for Dr. Gary Chapman, Mr. Five Love Languages, to pay us a visit. Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around. One day marriage conference coming up February 3rd. We were talking about that, but uh, as it often happens, Kate, uh, whenever we have Gary with us, you never know where the conversation is going to go. Right, and everyone wants to pick his brain and his heart for what to do in their situations, and they got an opportunity to do that. You're going to be in our neck of the woods. Uh, We were talking this up, uh, have been talking it up, the five love languages. Uh, One Day Marriage Conference. It's coming up on Saturday in Wachula at uh, First Assembly of God Church there. And so any any excuse we have to connect with you, we're on that like a rat on a (laughs) Cheeto. So here we are. Here we are. And uh, tell us about the One Day Conference. This uh, This is really great. There's a lot that goes into that one day. Yeah, I really enjoy doing these uh, one-day Saturday conferences uh, because we cover five different topics. We start at 9 in the morning, go to 3.30 in the afternoon with breaks along the way and lunch along the way. But uh, we start off with Communication 101. We're not going to have much of a marriage until we learn how to talk and listen to each other. (laughs) Among other things, in that session we talk about how to solve conflicts without arguing. Man, I wish I'd known that before I got married. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I remember one night my wife and I were in an argument in the early years. Man, it was raining outside. In the middle of the argument, she walked out the front door, slammed the door, and walked out in the rain. And I thought, oh, God, this is bad. (laughs) (laughs) If a woman walks in the rain, it's bad. (laughs) Anyway, a good session on communication. And uh, after a break, then we uh, have our session on love. And that's where we talk about the love languages and how that applies in a marriage relationship and and a lot of other things in that session as well. And uh, then after lunch, we talk about if you really wanted to have a better marriage, where would you start? Most most people start the wrong place. (laughs) We're going to talk about Okay, wait a minute. Hang on a sec. Okay, so most most people start at the wrong place. Where do they usually start? With the other person, if they would just change, you if go. they <laughs> would just stop this, if they would just start this. <laughs> and Jesus said, uh, the scriptures say, you know, why would you be, why would you start out trying to get the speck out of somebody else's eye? Get the plank out of your own eye first. Oh yeah, there's something wrong with your spouse. It would be nice if they would change, but that's not where you start. So anyway, we explore that. How do you do that? You know, realistically. And then we have a session on making sex a mutual joy. God intended that part of the marriage to be a mutual joy, and we discussed that very openly. And then we end the session today with how do you share the things that really bug you about your spouse? Like the way they load a dishwasher. Hmm. (laughs) There's the toothpaste. Do you squeeze it from the middle or the bottom? It's the cliched stuff. Anyway, it'll be a fun time. Uh, We have lots of fun. Uh, I don't tell jokes, but I do share real-life stories, and sometimes a lot of them are funny. So it's a fun time. I've had a lot of husbands say to me at the end of the day, you know, Dr. Chapman, I really didn't want to come to this thing. My (laughs) wife kind of pushed me into this, but I am glad I came. It was fun, and I think we've learned some things. So that's what I hope will happen. 
That's great. Okay, guys, I want to give you the details on this for sure so you know about it. It's, it is happening there again at First Assembly of God Church in Wachula. And producer Mark, we have made this textable. And for folks who want to get details on this, uh, give us the, uh, the cost for the registrations, too. Okay, so for the registrations, for a couple's registration, two tickets would be $59. If you're looking just for a single registration for one ticket, the price for that would be $39. And, of course, for this information and all of the topics that Dr. Chapman just spoke about, just go ahead and text LOVE to 888-777-6810. We'll send out a link. That's great. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. Bridget is joining us from Lacanto. Hi, Bridget. Good morning. You're on the air with Gary. Hi, Dr. Chapman. The um, challenge in my marriage after 10 years, and I don't know if this is something normal, um, is our sex life. Every time I talk to my husband about our sex situation, because I'm very... Um, affectionate. He tells me that him and his family has always been like that, very cold. And I was wondering if that's something normal because I asked him to go to this conference because I don't want to give him a chance anymore because he keeps telling me every single year the same thing. And I just want an answer because I wouldn't like to ask any other couple, hey, is that the way it is after 10 years? (laughs) Nothing, you know? Yes. You know, uh, I think I would say something's going on in his mind, in his heart, in his life uh, that that's not being revealed. That's my guess. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And we can't make somebody, we can't make somebody, uh, you know, share with us what's really going on. Of course, it's possible that there are things that are affecting him that he's not aware of, too. Uh, you know, obviously, a real answer to that situation would, would come from counseling with somebody, but I hear what you're saying. He doesn't want to go to a conference. He probably won't go to a counselor as well. Uh, I think one of the things I'd suggest to you would be this. Uh, say to him, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I'm deeply concerned about our relationship. And I am going to go to see a counselor, a Christian counselor, and uh, and see if I can get some help. I would like for you to go with me, if you will. But if not, I'm going. And so you do that, you know, because the counselor can help you think through, you know, just, just hearing you and working with you can help you think through what what kind of thing you might do that might be helpful to him. But also... It says to him, whoa, this is serious. She's actually going to see somebody. And so I, I, that would be my suggestion. And many times, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, and many times when, when one person comes to me like that, the first session I hear them out, and then I ask them, would, would it be okay with you if I called your spouse and, and asked if, if they would come in to see me, that I want to help you, uh, but I, I'd also like to have their perspective? And I've never had anybody that wouldn't come in. Now, most counselors won't do that. <laughs> they won't be calling your spouse if you, unless it's a pastor that you're counseling with because pastors have the liberty to do that, you know. But uh, I do think it would be helpful to you if you could have some time with someone that can kind of just walk with you through that journey because there's no easy answer to, to what you're, you're saying. But something, something's going on there 
that that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. I wish I could help you more, mm-hmm. but that that's what comes. If it was mind. because I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, hopefully the conference would make some sense to him because he don't mind going to the conference. Yes. It's just going to a counselor that he says no. Yeah. 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 But maybe Well, you will. can always say to him, you know, yeah. I'm going to go to the conference. Yeah. You know, I wish you would go, but I'm going to go if you don't. Because we do have people that come alone, you know. Uh, and, and that, again, would say to him, hey, you're serious. And that means at the last minute, if he said, well, I, I, I think I'll go with you. Okay, I'll go with you. You know, you, you never know. The fact that you take initiative to say, I'm going to go, uh, might stimulate him to say, well, if you're going, I guess I'll go, you know. So, yeah, it's it's worth a try. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Bridget. Blessings to you as you navigate all of this. Gary, I think it was on Building Relationships last weekend. I was listening, and uh, you tackled a very similar question to the one that Bridget uh, had. But as I reflect on this, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. It was so good, I almost wanted to write it down because it was very insightful. It had to do with the fact of, and you alluded to it in your answer, the fact that, well, maybe more than likely there's something going on behind the scenes. And some of the things that you mentioned on your program, it could be, um, and, and again, we're not pointing fingers. We're not uh, actually saying this is the case in, in this particular instance, but it could be something like, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, addiction to pornography, could be maybe even an affair that could be going on. And again, you don't want to jump to conclusions, but uh, would you say nine times out of ten there's at least something Happening there? Yeah, I think I think it's true. I, th- I think it's it's typically something going on there, yeah. behind the scenes that he's not revealing. Uh, you know, because it's it's not normal. You know that he wouldn't be responding to her. Uh, yeah, you know, and I what I feel I heard her say uh, her whole family is like that. I wonder if it wasn't something that happened in his childhood. Yeah, could be that. Yeah, you you, know, you never know what what is impacting you know a person uh, until until you begin to dig into it. You know, with mm-hmm. as a counselor would do if if he were willing to go for counseling. Uh, so, I'm, I'm very empathetic with that caller because it's a very hard situation. You know, you just you just you can't figure it out. You just want why why why, but I'm relatively sure something is going on that that's not that that that, that she's not aware of. Yeah. All right, let's go to Teresa next. Uh, Teresa, good morning. You're on the air with Gary. Hi. Um, my issue that I'm having is money problems. Um, my husband and I, in the beginning, we made a pact that we wouldn't spend anything over a certain amount without speaking to each other. Anything under that was fine. And my husband has broken that every time. And it's not been just a little bit of money. It's been a lot of money, like $1,500, which is a lot of money. Yeah. And he's done that several times. And we get into huge fights about it. And um, a little time will go by, and he just assumes that, okay, she's over it. I'll go do it again. So uh, it's it's reoccurred too many times, and um, I've almost divorced him over it. I actually filed what, what, work and he talked yeah. me out of it. Yeah, what is his explanation for for doing that? He doesn't really give me one. He just says, 
we needed it or it was something I wanted or he already knows I'm going to say no. So he just does it behind my back. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you can't make people change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my. But, you know, the idea you had was a good idea. The thing the two of you agreed on was a great idea. That certain amount of money that either one of us can spend without talking to the other. But we're a team. And I'm assuming, uh, I don't know if you're working outside the home and both of you are working or not, but it doesn't matter. It's still our money. When we get married, it's yeah. our money. And so we, yeah, we, we are to be you know, yeah, d- deciding, you know, how to do it. So, boy, I don't know. I mean, uh, 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 when do you say enough is enough when they've done it so many times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing thing is, what are you going to do? Is it worth leaving? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think there's an answer. I, I guess I would say to him what I said to the to the other lady. You know, you have done this over and over and over again. You know how much it hurts me. You know how unfair it is. I am going to see a counselor. I have got to have help. I would like for you to go with me because I love you. I want this. I want to have a good marriage with you. But I cannot continue to go on like this and do nothing. It's just not right. So it's it's kind of a tough love thing, you know, telling what you're going to do. You're going for going to see a counselor, uh, and at least that's that's something more than you've done in the past. Obviously, arguing about it is not helping, you know. So trying something different may stimulate him to say, "Okay, I got I got to get together on this thing. I've got to pull myself together on this thing." Yeah. So I think I think taking taking initiative to do something you haven't done because arguing with with a person like that that just continues over and over and over it's not going to be any different. You, yeah. You've got to do something different, and I think going to see a counselor would be a step. Yeah, shaking it up a little bit. You know, the uh, I've seen this stat thrown out there. I don't know how accurate it really is. You tell me, Gary. But the number one cause of divorce is. Money problems, financial problems. Is that true? I don't know. I, I, I do think that money is a huge problem in many marriages. Uh, whether it is, you know, the primary cause of divorce, I don't know that I would say that. But it is a it is a huge issue uh, with many many couples, and that's why you know ideally both of them are going for counseling, sitting down and letting a counselor help them find a way that. That kind of thing won't keep happening. That's that's not the only money problem. What she's describing, but it's a it's a common problem, where one is a spender and you know, they're spending, spending, spending. The other has a saving orientation. They want to be saving for a rainy day, or they want to be saving so they can do something, you know, later down the road. And the other is just on the spot of the moment, spending the money, you know, and and that that's a conflict. And we have to learn to listen to each other and find a way to find a meeting place because we're on the same team. We're not enemies. Yeah. But but you know when he's doing that he's it's like he he's her enemy. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's selfishness, you know, when you get down to it. But yeah, money problems can can cause a lot of pain in a marriage. Let's say that we have some single folks who are listening to us and they're like, "Okay, deal breakers when it comes to getting married." My, you know, whoever I, uh, 
you know, I end up being married too, all right? So, um, you know, there's obviously you want them to be a follower of Jesus. That's always number one. But would you say a deal breaker would be they are a spender or a saver and you're like, you know what, I don't want to have to deal with this financial conflict in marriage. And that's something we should take a long, hard look at before we say yes to I do. Yeah, I, th- I think so, because it, it's a, it's personality differences, you know, the spender and the saver. And so I, I don't I don't say, you know, one of you are likely going to lean more to one than to the other. But it's an issue that needs to be discussed. You know, I wrote a book called Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married. Yeah that I would encourage every couple to go through before they get married. And one of them deals with money. Uh, First of all, we need to be totally open and honest about our money situation. You know, here's a guy who who owes $30,000 college debt. You know, and here's a gal who saved $10,000 as a single, and they're going to get married. Now, when they get married, they're going to be $30,000 in debt, they are going to be $30,000. Right. We become one, yeah. Yeah. Right. and he's going to have $10 in savings, $10,000 in savings. If you're not ready for that, you're not ready for marriage. You know, it's, and that's why we've got to be totally honest about our debt, totally honest about our monies that we have, and, and then discussing how we're going to handle it when we get married. Because you can't still live as a single, you know, each of you spending whatever money you want to spend, or each of you doing... You're spending the money you make, they spend the money they make. That's not marriage. <laughs> marriage is, we are a team. We're going to think our way through this. We want to save enough money to do the things we want to do in the future. We want to buy the things that we think we need or going to have to have. But we've got to get together. If we if we can't settle that, yeah, I think it can be a deal breaker. Yeah. We have time for one more question. Let's see. Tiffany from Winter Haven. Good morning. You're on the air with Gary. Hi, Gary. Um my my husband and I, we have been married for six years. Um, I married an older man, 14-year um, age difference. Now, my husband was in a previous marriage and got divorced due to infidelity by his ex-wife. Um, now, he has he's had a lot of insecurities, and I've been trying to work with him, work him through it, and reassure him all the time you know, that he's the only one for me. And and sometimes it just really grinds my gears because he will he'll say things that just really irritate me, and I don't give him any reason to think that I'd be cheating or anything like that. Um, it's just sometimes he goes through, like, I, I don't, like, mental things, and I'm just like, I'm not cheating on you, but it just really you know, grinds my gears. And then sometimes I think, you know, maybe we should just, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just really irritates me that he gets those thoughts and we go to church and everything. And, you know, that really helped our marriage at the beginning. Um, cause he was a big drinker and then he stopped drinking. And so I just kind of wanted to know, like, how can I keep reassuring him I mean, when is it going to stop? Well, I think, I think first of all, uh, the reason he is bringing that up is very likely what happened in the past. 
and it may be in his mind, you know, that comes back. He he remembers how it happened with the, his his past wife, and so it, little things will trigger that in his mind. And I think be empathetic with that. You know, we have to be empathetic with that. At the same time, uh, I think also you you do need, and I think you have done, share with him how it hurts you when he like it's not he almost accuses you of doing things that it hurts you because you are committed to him uh, and maybe there's something mentally going on I don't know you mentioned he he, had, he was a drinker you know and I don't know if if you know sometimes as you well know people who drink and they they revert and then they, they he may be drinking some and and if he does drink some the alcohol is going to affect him and that that could be a part of what's going on here. I'm not accusing him of that. I'm just saying oftentimes those who have been alcoholics will have relapses. And obviously if, if he drinks, then all that's going to come back up in his mind. He's going to say things like that that he wouldn't say if he weren't under the influence of alcohol. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a possibility in that situation or not. But uh, the other thing that I would say is I don't know if you know his primary love language but if you don't, I would uh, I would read the book, The Five Love Languages. I would take the quiz. I'd get him to take the quiz. Make sure you know his primary love language and speak it heavy doses of his primary love language. Because often a person, you see, his response could be growing out of the fact that he doesn't feel secure in your love. And you love him, no question about that in my mind. You love him. But the way you express your love to him may not be in his love language. So I think that could be a positive uh, a positive step there to, to analyze that a bit. Yeah. The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. If you have not read the book, this is a shameless plug that you need to read it. It's one of those must-read books um, because it, it has helped so many people, and the Lord has blessed it in really amazing ways. Gary, always a pleasure to have you with us. Well, thank you, Kurt and Kate. Always good to be with you guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks for listening to Curtin Kate Morning's podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.